0: Good morning, guys. Happy uh, May, uh, May, what is today, Jason? May 17th, 2019. Uh, a very historic day because today the House of Representatives passed the Equality Act for the first time in history. woo Uh Speaker Nancy Pelosi proudly announcing that the Democratic-controlled House of Representatives has passed the Equality Act for the first time Um, Preventing discrimination against LGBTQ people in employment, housing, public accommodations, protecting both sexual orientation and gender identity. That is fantastic. Never happened before in history. It happened just this morning. Thank you, Speaker Pelosi. Thank you to all the Democrats who voted aye. And unfortunately, it's going to probably not get out of the Senate, uh, which sadly, uh, Mitch McConnell, Kentucky, still controls the U.S. Senate. And Donald Trump has indicated that he will not sign it and would veto it. So, ugh, you know, up forward up one step, back two steps. But we will continue to fight. And this is why elections matter. And this is why the 2020 elections matter, because if we can keep the House, and take back the Senate and, God willing, control the White House, we can finally make the Equality Act come true and become the law of the land after 30 years of struggle. But we're not there yet. All right, so let's talk about today. It is Friday, and uh, we've got three guests coming in, as always, and uh, some pretty spectacular people, in my opinion. Uh, The first is uh, Jeff Kors. Uh, from the city of Palm Springs, California. He'll be calling in. He is a council member out in Palm Springs, and uh, I first met him when he was an ACLU lawyer. He came out of Chicago and uh, moved to San Francisco and was one of the co-founders, along with yours truly and others creating Equality California to create marriage rights for LGBT people here in the Golden State of California. Uh, he was the first executive director of Equality California. We, uh, we have battle scars to show how the fight for marriage was so uh, brutal and tumultuous. This is in the year like 2000 and 2008, all the way up to Prop 8 in 2008. And um, then he and his husband uh, moved to Palm Springs. And, of course, you know, we don't really ever retire as LGBT activists, do we? Uh, He ran for city council. He's now a member of the city council out there. And his husband, James, ran for the school board out there and is on the school board. So they are a power couple out in the Coachella Valley. And I'm curious to hear about how the White Party went and Coachella Music Festival and all the other great things they have going out there. So thank you to Jeff for taking some time out to call in this morning. Then uh, one of my own personal heroes and favorites, Pearl Jemison Smith. Pearl is an incredible woman. She um, was a nurse at UCI uh, at the beginning of the AIDS epidemic, and uh, she did it in the middle of Orange County, California. Now, Orange County, California today is represented by five Democratic members in the House of Representatives in the recent blue wave that just occurred. But back in the 80s, it was crazy town. It was crazy Bill Dannemeyer, who thought that AIDS was spread by spores in the air, and B1 Bob Dornan, and Dana Rohrbacher, And I mean, it was like the Looney Tune lineup down in Orange County, California in the 80s. So the activists who had to confront the epidemic down behind the Orange Curtain, they really had their work cut out for them. And here comes Pearl Jamison Smith, a straight ally, a nurse, a woman, British Sounded very much like Mary Poppins, at least the first time I heard her talk. I thought I was talking to Mary Poppins. And uh, she's just so graceful and such a powerful voice down there at a time when it was really chaotic and crazy. Helped start organizations, including the AIDS Services Foundation of Orange County, the AIDS Walk of Orange County. And uh, very sadly, lost her son, Jamie, in the epidemic to HIV. And uh, I've known Pearl for a very long time and uh, just think she is one of these power women. um, And uh, she still is down behind the Orange Curtain. So uh, I always like reminiscing with Pearl about the bad old, or the good old bad old days, or whatever we're going to call them. And then finally, capping off the show from New York City, uh, Florian Klein happens to be in Los Angeles today, so I snagged him to come on the show. Florian uh, was a gay porn star. Ooh. Uh, Who then went on to create uh, a musical called Shooting Star where it premiered in New York and now he's opening his show in Los Angeles here in a couple of weeks. They're in final rehearsals and he has gone from being uh, adult entertainment industry adult industry star to a musical producer and that's a road less traveled huh but uh he's doing a great job and i'm gonna talk to him about his life's journey his career and of course the opening of shooting star here in los angeles so we've got a great lineup of movers and shakers uh, elected official a power nurse, porn star turned theatrical producer, and uh, that's how we roll here on the sidebar. We talk to everybody and anybody who's out there making a difference in the world. So, um, very exciting lineup. I'm looking forward to each and every one of these guests. Uh, Meanwhile, back at the ranch in Washington, D.C., as I call it, the ultimate swamp that has not been uh, drained Donald Trump, but instead has just been turned into a sludge sewer, Um, It continues to be just uh, uh, insanity after insanity. We got the uh, U.S. Attorney General William Barr trying to cover up for the corrupt Trump family. We've got ourselves on the brink of war in Iran and Venezuela. Uh, Meanwhile, the emperor continues to fiddle. And tweet um, and I don't even think he knows that there are war plans in Iran but John Bolton uh, National Security Advisor he's got war plans in Iran and God forbid should we end up in another Vietnam because of the recklessness of a president who can't seem to pay attention for anything longer than 12 seconds and a foul, corrupt administration around him. God help us all. But we're going to have fun. We're not going to think about Washington, D.C. today except to say the Equality Act passed. Hooray! And we're going to move on with our guests. So thanks for tuning in to Sidebar with John Duran, and we'll be back after this message here on Channel Q.
1: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
0: Going to the Chapel of Love, Bette Midler, and of course our next guest, I think primarily responsible for so many gay and lesbian couples getting to go to the chapel and get married, uh, is Council Member Jeff Kors from Palm Springs, California. Hey, welcome, Jeff. (laughs) Hey, John, how are you doing? I am doing great. Thank you so much for joining us. I was telling our, well, our listeners before you came on about our history together, uh, you being an ACLU uh-oh. lawyer and living in San Francisco and Equality California and all that stuff. Cool. Cool yeah well, thanks for having me on i'm so glad you're here so jeff you're you're one of my heroes you know i admire you adore Back you. At you but thank you <laughs> and everything you've done and and i know that you at one point were an aclu attorney and, and then you moved to san francisco in the bay area and you were there for the very beginnings of equality california the starting of equality california and Curious, what do you recall about those early discussions about could we really get marriage in the Golden State?
2: Uh, Interesting, I mean, you know, I got involved with what was then CAPE, um, after it probably existed for about two years, and I think you and I joined the board at the exact same meeting. Uh, I think we were board members eight and nine. It was a small little organization with, you know, one staff person and one part-time admin person. Uh, And we went into that great strategic planning meeting that first summer when I became the uh, interim executive director in 2002 and laid out a plan to win full equality, including marriage and full rights of the transgender community in a decade. And a lot of board members thought that was way too aggressive. And, you know, but we all unanimously came together and adopted a pretty aggressive plan to get it done
3: yeah and i uh, think
0: i think i was one of those board members like is this really possible are we really going to be able to get married in my lifetime i to me it didn't seem possible i mean we dreamed about it but uh yeah. thank god we decided to to push forward and, and i think gavin newsom then being mayor of san francisco he he helped push the envelope didn't he
2: he really did i think what he did by allowing couples to get married and that lasting for a whole month somehow uh Really put a face on it for not just Californians, but people around the world who just saw a bunch of loving, happy couples, many with children, willing to wait in line for hours, sometimes days for the simple right that most people take for granted to marry the person you love. And his doing that really did help. Propel. I mean, there were definitely some pushback in the polls right away, as there always is. When you try to push ahead, you'll always get resistance. But what he did really helped us propel forward because we had the stories, not just our telling them, but they were on national news. And as we know, with anything that people don't know about, and most people never thought about same sex couples getting married, until they have a chance to visualize it and think about it and have the time to process it. You can't get them to change their minds. And what Gavin did really gave them a lot of information. And we saw it change some legislators who were totally opposed even to full domestic partnership who moved and talked about seeing those couples in San Francisco and realizing, you know, it's the same love. It should be exactly the same. Well, and he, and So that was a very powerful moment.
0: And, and at this time that this is happening, I remind people, Barack Obama was opposed to marriage equality. Senator Barbara Boxer was opposed to marriage equality. Like a lot of our real allies and friends, they hadn't got there yet. They weren't quite ready to make that leap.
2: No, in fact, until um, the California Supreme Court ruled in the case, you know, Quality California was the organizational plaintiff, that NCLR, in the ACLU, did the legal work on, um, You know, Senator Feinstein, Senator Boxer, it was really that decision and reading that decision that they finally came along. But, you know, during the prop eight campaign, although Barack Obama said, you know, he doesn't support prop eight. He said, you know, in Rick Warren's right wing church, that he believes marriages between a man and a woman, cause God's in the mix. Mm. And, you know, that was used of course, in mailers and robocalls, calls. Uh, and, you know, it took him a little longer, but he got there too.
0: He got there too. I remember election night, two thousand eight. We were so happy that we had elected the first African American president, and simultaneously, Prop Eight passed the exact yeah. same night.
2: Oh, we, I was
0: elated and devastated at the same yeah, time. You no, know,
2: it was a tough night. And you know, looking back, and we can see um, from you know what two thousand eight years earlier, Prop Twenty Two, we lost by twenty four points.
0: Yeah that and was that was the night and that was a night attempt to night ban initiative. marriage equality and right. that was in
2: the year 2000 so 8 years right. later
0: we came within a uh, hair or uh,
2: yeah. yeah not not enough and you know that was incredibly sad and frustrating and hard but that progress most of the states were losing in double digits still and you know in Maine it looked really good and they lost by a little more than we did and that's four, just over 4% but in 2012, as more people got familiar with it, you know, we kept on chipping away state by state by state until we got those victories and enough that it was time to bring it to the courts, yeah. which was always, you know, the, the map Evan Wilson from Freedom to Marry laid out. And, you know, we got two favorable rulings and we're very lucky we got them when we did because with this court, we might see a very different result.
0: Yeah, that's so true. We got in just in the nick of time, Justice Kennedy uh-huh. being the right judge the justice yep. at the right time. Now, you and James moved to Palm Springs how long ago?
2: Well, so I first moved to Palm Springs for what I thought was a little three to six month sabbatical from my uh, civil rights law firm um, in 2000. And that sort of lasted uh, two and a half years until it, I got the Equality California job. And then James and I had a place here uh, throughout that time, but moved full time the sort of late ten, early eleven, just as I was finishing at Equality California.
0: And now, you, I was telling the listeners, you're a power couple because you're elected. You're both elected officials out there in the Palm Springs area.
2: Well, one of us is J- James. Uh, finished his term on the school board and didn't run for reelection. Ah, I wasn't aware of that. Oh God, yeah, it, got he it. he joined the. Uh, Pacific, uh, Planned Parenthood board of the Pacific Southwest, where he is on the executive committee and really wanted to focus a lot of energy on that, given the threat on women's reproductive health care right now. No. And he felt he couldn't do both at the full level he wanted to engage. Yeah, he, but he loved being on the school board. It was, it was good. But we're just both really involved in a lot of campaigns and nonprofits. And it's a great community here.
0: So if you had to compare and contrast San Francisco to Palm Springs, what would you say? I hate to put you on the spot because we're broadcasting in both cities right now. <laughs> well,
2: you know, the two cities I've spent almost, almost my entire adult life in. Um, well, one, it's 74 and sunny in Palm Springs. Um, I don't imagine that's the case in San Francisco. Nope. Uh, not even in um, L.A. <laughs> not even in L.A. It's, I know, over, this it's is, overcast This today. is really nice and cool for us today. We're having perfect weather. Uh, you know, San Francisco is just a huge metro. You know, what is it? The fourth largest media market in, you know, the country. We're probably the fourth smallest, right? So, um, you know, it's more its more of a tight-knit community because people do get to know each other. You know, we're 45,000 full-time residents, probably with part-time, you know, over 100. And on a lot of weekends, you know, you can double that to about 200,000 people who are here. Uh, but there's something really special about living in a resort community, right, where people want to come and have their vacations and the amenities that go with that. Um, And one that gives back so much. I mean, people are so involved. And I think a lot of people, although it's starting changing, it's getting, you know, a much younger demographic because with the internet and so many jobs, people can work from anywhere and you can buy a home here for, as you imagine, a fraction of what you're paying in West Hollywood or San Francisco and, you know, many other cities. But a lot of people move here After, you know, they stop whatever their first career was and think they're going to retire unwind. And then in six months, they're like, "Okay, now what? So people have created these great nonprofits and businesses. And so you get a really wonderful mix of people. You know, we're probably about 40 40 percent of our voters are LGBT. And yet we have the first all LGBT council, you know, in the country and the first political elected transgender official in the country in Lisa Middleton. That, and I think it really shows, you know, John, what we always work for, right? If people work together, play together, do nonprofits together, get to know each other, all those fears and misconceptions go away. Sexual orientation, gender identity were just non-issues in any of these campaigns. They just didn't come up. And that's pretty cool.
0: Jeff, I got to stop you for a second. We got to go to sure. a quick commercial break. We'll be back after this message. More about that all LGBT city council here on Channel Q.
4: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. San Francisco, the village
0: people. Jeff, we look for a song about Palm Springs through the archives here. We can find nothing. Unless you know of a great (laughs) song about Palm Springs, we had to go with San Francisco.
2: Uh, Well, that was a fun one. That was a good choice. (laughs) Brought back memories for sure.
0: Yeah, we're talking to uh, City Council Member Jeff Kors from the city of Palm Springs, California. Jeff, you were just commenting you have the first all-LGBT City Council, all five of you, part of the community. And, of course, you all vote
2: together all the time, right? You're funny. (laughs) Um, (laughs) No, of course not, right? Uh, As you would imagine, we all have very different views, and we have, you know, sometimes very strong policy disagreements. But ultimately, you do it respectfully. It doesn't impact your relationships. As you know, you have to, you know, fight for what you believe in. And we have lots of three to two votes on controversial issues. But it's important to, you know, stand for what you believe in. And I think, you know, everything's going really well in the city and lots to do. And, you know, when I decided to run for another term, I'm up this November. It's really because I think there's just more to do. And it's just a wonderful place to live. And I want to do everything I can to help them continue to move
0: forward. Well, you know, I'm hearing from a lot of people who are out there that you're doing a fantastic job. You and Lisa Thank both. You. You're doing such a great job. I mean, it's not Sonny Bono's Palm Springs anymore. That That's for sure. No. Uh, I mean, the first African-American mayor of Palm Springs, Ron Oden, was on the Equality California Board. He was. Us, and, he was. Uh, he was. A very big part of that. But uh, now look at where we have two gay men, uh, one transgender woman, one bisexual woman. Who's the fifth? The,
2: three, three gay men three gay men
0: oh my god right. three gay but, men in one place is disastrous yeah, I, i've got know, three gay but, men on my council
2: <laughs> but where we need to do better is in 80 years we've had one african-american and one latino on our city council and that's in a city with 36 percent latino uh residents so we're moving to district elections this november uh something lisa and i spearheaded um and it's really important we need to really do the kind of outreach that we did. We took nine months to do it instead of the usual way it's done. We had 36 community forums in every neighborhood. And we already have more candidates of color running than we've ever had in the 20 years I've lived here. And we're only in May and people have till August to file. So we are definitely doing a lot of work to, you know, it's great to be all LGBT, but that of course is not diversity. So uh, we really need to make a difference. You know, Christy Holstead, she's, Our bisexual uh, member, you know, she's a millennial, the first millennial on the city council. And so it's really important that people see themselves reflected in their leaders and that we get the different perspective of someone who's starting out their career and is, you know, planning to raise a family here and, you know, concerned about maybe different issues that, you know, people who are retired are concerned about. So we're really working to bring that kind of diversity uh, into our boards and commissions. We had almost triple the number of people apply this year, because we did that kind of outreach to encourage people to apply. We want our boards and commissions to reflect our city as well.
0: Let me, let me put you on the hot spot, because I, 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 sure. I, I actually haven't talked to you about this, so let's just do it live on air in front of 20,000 people, 20,000 listeners. It. All right. We've got, you and I are, are both friends with Kamala Harris, the U.S. Senator from California, ever since she was a, a DA in San Francisco, mm-hmm. and you've probably even known her before that. She's yeah. running for president. Mayor Pete Buttigieg uh, is an openly gay candidate uh, who declared, and he's running for president. What do we do when we're faced with such a quality decision quality problem where we have friends who are both, you know, gay and non-LGBT running in the same race?
2: No, it's, it's a really good question. Um, you know, I endorse Kamala um, as soon as she announced. I've worked with her. You know, she was so instrumental um, in our securing marriage. You know, her taking a stand when she was running for attorney general, that she wouldn't appeal... Prop eight ruling and she wouldn't defend prop eight in court in that race against Steve Cooley, which was razor thin where quality California really stepped up for her and saying that would have made the difference. And if would well, what if this, you know, we won on prop eight on standing and if Cooley had won, he said he would have appealed the decision and there would have been standing and the court might not have been ready yet for the decision, which was a five to four ruling. So, um, You know, I think she has the leadership and the smarts. I'm really impressed with Mayor Pete, you know, and I hope he goes far in this. And if he ended up being the nominee, he would be amazing. There are a lot of really good candidates. The most important thing, in my view, is that the candidates get to discuss the issues that they care about and are passionate without denigrating each other. Because when that happens, and we've seen a little of it in this race already, You know, that's how we ended up with Trump in the White House in part. And so we really need to keep focused on the prize, which is getting our country back from tyranny and a very homophobic and transphobic president who can say it's great to see, you know, Mayor Pete and his husband on the campaign trail while he is systematically taking away our rights and fighting that we're not included under Title VII and kicking transgender people out of the military and on and on and on. So, true. So, I, you know, I could, anyone running on the Democratic Party, whoever gets that nomination based on who's running so far, ultimately, I'm going to be all in. And everyone needs to commit to that. We don't need to beat other candidates up to make yourself look good. And I think we both know that having run for office, you know, I didn't talk about the other candidates when I ran, and I'm not going to do it this time. I'm going to talk about my vision, what I've done and what I want to do. And... If everyone just stuck to that in the Democratic Party we have a much better chance of taking Trump down at the next election.
0: I, I c- couldn't agree more. I, You know, we've only got a couple minutes left, so let me sure. just ask you, I, you know, uh, our pal Nancy Pelosi got the Equality Act off the floor of the House of Representatives this morning. And we know we're going to run smack into the U.S. Senate and uh, Donald Trump veto pen. But if you were advising, because I think you and Diane Abbott are two of the smartest strategists that we have in the LGBT community nationwide, if you were advising people uh, that were working on on the Equality Act, what would you say to focus on for the next few
2: years? I think the main thing to focus on is really pushing for a vote on the Senate Senate floor, which Mitch McConnell will very unlikely be to do, but to really push that pressure on. Ninety percent of Americans support this law. It's basic rights that everyone else has in this country. And so putting the pressure on and making every Republican and Democrat Say how they would vote in the Senate, even if it doesn't come up for a vote. And then focusing on those races. You know, I think it's what HRC and other groups are going to do. You've got to focus on the few flip races you can do and replace someone who isn't going to vote against our rights with someone who's going to vote for them. I mean, that's a priority. And any Republican running, even if they say they'll vote for the Equality Act, who says they're going to vote for Mitch McConnell to remain the president of the Senate, doesn't do us any good. Mm-hmm. As long as McDonald's there blocking bills, you know you can say what you want, but you can't have someone who won't allow a vote on a civil rights bill to be in that position. If that's what a candidate's going to do, to me, that disqualifies them for an endorsement.
0: You think Donald Trump is uh, anti-LGBT? I mean, I know his policies are, but given that he was uh, brought up in New less. York City, I think that's uh, I think that's why I just think he doesn't he care. He could care
2: less. You know, when he was first asked about. You know, transgender people being able to use the bathroom consistent with gender. He said, of course. And, you know, within a week, he changed his mind and is now, you know, trying to undo all the rules around that. I mean, he's pretty much let Mike Pence and the extreme religious right run the show on these issues. And it's all about appealing to his extreme conservative base. Yeah. he doesn't care who he hurts in the process, and that's the problem. I think you're right. My it's friend. Not based we, on any moral view.
0: <laughs> we have come to the end of our segment, uh, and we're going to have to call fast, it. John. I went very fast. But will you come back? I'd love to have you <laughs> come course. back and always keep us up to date on what's happening in fabulous Palm of Springs. Maybe
2: we can talk about some of the fun stuff next time. Okay, let's do that. We will do okay. that. Maybe I'll have
0: you and Lisa on together because I adore Lisa Middleton also.
2: That, that would be great. That would be and awesome. And come visit. And I, that's to I, everyone. All every, 20,000 of you. Come visit. Come visit, <laughs> come visit Palm Springs, California. <laughs>
4: Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. That's Lady
0: Fergie because our next uh, guest, she's a Brit too. Pearl Jamison Smith from Orange County, California. Welcome to the show, Pearl.
3: Thank you, John. It's a pleasure to be on with you. haven't seen you for a while. I know,
0: my love. I was telling our guest before you came on that the first time I heard your voice, I thought, well, she's like Mary Poppins. We're going to win this war.
3: I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I haven't got my umbrella this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Pearl, Pearl, back
0: in the 80s in Orange County, it was was rough. I mean, talk about, you know, we were in the middle of uh, an AIDS epidemic and we had a, a system in Orange County, California that was not always supportive. We had some very crazy members of Congress. Bill Dannemeyer, B1 Bob Dornan, Dana Rohrbacher. Orange County was a tough, tough spot.
3: Yes, yes it was. And um, it was not just the elected officials, but we had some very nasty uh, right-wing religious people like Lou Sheldon that were very hateful.
0: Very, he, he once called me the principality of Satan. <laughs> John Duran, the principality. That means I'm a whole city of Satan. I'm like a major, wow. major leaguer, Pearl.
3: Yes, his supporters used to come out to AIDS walk with banners that said, go to hell, sodomites, and and all kinds of nasty things.
0: I remember that. I remember in particular there was one that had a sign that said, the following people are going to hell, homosexuals, lesbians, liberals democrats and jews and i thought oh my god and the guy looked at me and goes "Oh, are you one of those homosexuals i said babe i made your list three times <laughs>
3: <laughs> well one of the, one of the confrontations i had with them was when we were doing a demonstration outside the board of supervisors after they'd turned down our request for uh equality and uh, non-discrimination and we were laying there and we had circled around people that was a die-in and And I was getting very emotional, so I I went to leave, and this man came up to me and said, are you part of the problem, or are you part of the solution? And I said, I beg your pardon. He said are you going to heaven or are you going to hell? I said, I'm going to my car, and you better get out of my way.
2: <laughs> I love that
0: about you, Pearl. <laughs> now, you were uh, a nurse, I think, at
3: UCI, is that how you kind of got started? Yes, I was the started? nurse epidemiologist there. Wow, wow, and,
0: and when you first heard about HIV, you recall that time, what was going on at UCI?
3: Yes, um, we had some cases that were very strange. Um, Some pneumocystis pneumonia that you usually only saw in very immunocompromised patients, and then the MMWR came out with the fact that yes, they were seeing these cases in Los Angeles and New York, and uh, that's when it all began—the fear. And I would have difficulty getting plumbers to go into the rooms of patients that were that were designated as AIDS patients, and the medical staff was very rude and full of fear. I. It was a very, very difficult time, so it's not just the elected officials, and it was normal... What we think of as regular people that were just, I think they were just so scared, John, that they didn't know how to handle it. Because we didn't really have all the details. We didn't really know how it was spread in the beginning.
0: That's very true. And there was a great deal of fear. I think even within the gay community, there was a great deal of fear. And people, anybody that, you know, seemed to have that look, that look of being emaciated, was to
3: be avoided. We lost so many wonderful people. It's, it's really hard for me to talk about this, John. You know, my son died 11 years ago. He lived with HIV for a long time. But, you know, so many wonderful people like Don Hagen and others that I just too many to mention that that. Just the brightest and best that we lost.
0: You know, I tell people that those of us that walk this path, we have some form of post-traumatic syndrome disorder, PTSD, because to lose so many wonderful, beautiful people in such a short period of time, it, it was a war zone for all of us.
3: It was. It really was, yes. And having lived through World War Two in England, it, it really felt like you know we had to you know chin up, roll your sleeves up, and like uh, Winston Churchill said, never, never, never give up, and that's what we had to do. And so we did it. And I did things I I thought I would never have the courage to do, like confronting uh, D- uh, Dornan and Danahy and and the like of them.
0: You were great. You were so good. You were so
3: good. Well, I was like the only straight woman there. You were the only straight <laughs> woman And I had all these the... wonderful gay men. It was really, it was kind of fun in some ways. I, I was surrounded by so much love.
0: Yeah. This is yeah. this is a tough, you know, I tell people uh, whenever I have to walk down this path, it's I, I always get just a little choked up because yep. it's just under the surface, and I'm sure the same is yep. true for you.
3: Well, you know, I had um, four units of blood in 1980, so when the test became available in 1985, I took the test because I'd had a reaction to one of the units of blood, and I had to wait for days to get the results, and... I swore that if I was negative, I was going to do anything and everything I could to help fight this disease. And when I came back negative, I was just so grateful. But not long after that was when I found out that my son was positive and I would have given anything to have traded places with him.
0: You know, I, it's funny that you're bringing up this example because this was an exact episode of the Golden Girls where Rose Nyland, played by Betty White, had to wait a few days for the results of yep. her HIV test, and she was falling apart, and that is that is what it felt like. You went on to be on the board of, the, I think, the AIDS Services Foundation of Orange County, the AIDS Walk I'm Orange one of the County. founding
3: board members, yes. I started <laughs> helping start with Ken and Al and several other people. And I also, before even then, I, was, uh, I started a group called Action, the AIDS Coalition to Identify Orange County Needs. We used to meet at the Red Cross and we'd have people like ambulance drivers and dentists in there just trying to find out as much information and share it with each other. That was sort of like the beginning. Before we ever got any federal money or anything, we, just, we would just get together and talk about what, what the latest information was.
0: Wow. I re- And I remember those days. And like you say, so many, Don Hagen, Drew Barris, Mark Paul, yeah. Yeah. so many of our friends who we lost and left behind. Well, Pearl, we're going to go to a commercial break, but when we come back, maybe we can talk about something as equally uplifting, hopefully, that e- even though we all went through this terrible, tragic period of time, that now looking back on it, it was necessary to get us to where we yes. are today. Yes. We're yes. talking to Pearl Jamison-Smith from Orange County, California. Thank you for tuning in to Sidebar with John Duran here on Channel Q.
1: We really need new phones.
2: T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New
4: iPhone 15s? Here.
1: Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Mm-hmm
0: Sarah Elton John, singing to Lady Die," uh, candle in the wind, redone for her uh, because of her years of AIDS activism, and we're talking to another uh, famous and notorious British citizen and U.S. citizen, Pearl Jamison Smith from Orange County, I like California. I notorious,
3: <laughs> yes, very much. <laughs> and so, I just had my 81st birthday, so, uh, you know, it gets better with AIDS. <laughs> oh,
0: my gosh, that is like a fine wine, Pearl, like a fine right. wine. You know, I have to ask you, now, when you... Uh, first uh, came across the early days of the epidemic. Had you had a, much of a relationship with the gay community or the LGBT community at that point?
3: Not a, not very much, no. My son, uh, I outed my son at 16, and, and, and we... Uh, <laughs> We went together to the to the center, which is I'm now on the board of the uh, LGBTQ center in Orange County, and I'm very proud to say that. But I didn't have a lot of contact with them, but over the years I have uh, been very involved with them. Yes,
0: and that and that's uh, one of the amazing things I think because I I know when I first uh, got involved, it was in the mid '80s, and I didn't know Pat Callahan, and I walked into the No on Prop 64 headquarters. (laughs) And I said, hello, my name is John Duran. I'm a law student. I'm here to help put me to work (laughs) and she's like who the heck are you (laughs) but uh, I had never worked uh, with uh, lesbian women I did not have many uh, straight allies although I'd been around straight people my whole life my entire world was centered around gay disco and gay bathhouse and suddenly I was coming in contact with people uh, working on a common cause that would create lifetime friendships like the one with you
3: Yes, well, with PFLAG and with the lesbian community, everybody was working together. And I think that was something that that we can all be proud of. I know it was a very sad time, and it's emotional, and it's hard to talk about it. But, But the youth of today need to not forget what we've been through in order to get where we are today. And I know this is a tough time. But we need to be extra careful. Um, I just recently started a a coalition uh, to address the the increase in the sexually transmitted infections here in Orange County. And I'm really concerned about what's happening. We had 10 babies born with congenital syphilis. Mm. I mean, this is outrageous in this day and age.
0: Yeah, it is outrageous in this day and age. You're so right. And I love that you're still active at 81. (laughs) (laughs) you're <laughs> still doing stuff at 81 that is amazing. Right. that is amazing uh I, you know i, I share share my mom passed away a couple of years ago i don't know if you ever met her but i share that she was very involved with p flag parents and friends of lesbians and gays in in east la and uh you know some of these latina mothers would come up and say i mean uh, how did you feel weren't you upset when when john told you that he was gay and she would look him square in the eye and she'd say, not really. I was more upset when my son Tony told me he was Republican. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that was my mom. That was my mom. Bless her heart. bless, know, her, heart. bless her heart. But she, uh, you know, she, uh, she was there. I mean, I, I got very sick in the uh, mid-90s and thought that I was going to, like a lemming, uh, go off the cliff too and it didn't happen. For whatever reason, I ended up sticking around for more work to be done. Thank God. Yes. I mean, you bring up a very good point. We are in the middle of another dark period in history yeah. in terms of politics and the planet and healthcare and everything else. And I know we've got millennials all over the country listening in right now. And what would you say, Pearl, given that you have walked the journey through a very dark and ugly period of time and come out uh, stronger, uh, what, what would you say to young people who are thinking of getting active today?
3: Well, one of the things I'd say that what we used to say, no glove, no love. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and that's for condom use kids if you didn't know what that Absolutely. reference was that's yeah. for condom use <laughs> you hear that jason jason is my little straight producer here jason in my studio Do you hear that jason no glove no love babe
3: oh i, I got said the T word right everybody you <laughs> need to wear a condom
0: <laughs> it's so true because stis are up syphilis and gonorrhea and chlamydia yeah. are back They're back with a vengeance. They're very, very true.
3: Uh, So we need to educate everybody about that.
0: Yeah, very very much so. Now, I know your path. When I first met you, I think you were a registered Republican, weren't you, in Orange County?
3: Yes, I, I was. I outed I you, Pearl. A, I just outed you. I was you. undercover. undercover. <laughs> I would go in and say, you know, to the various Republican officials, oh, I'm a registered Republican. And then I would go back and let the San Francisco Chronicle know what they were planning.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you were a secret agent for the left. I was. I, love I was it. a
3: 007. <laughs> I love it. You were the James Bond of the AIDS movement. I love that. And they they never recognized because I was, you know, uh, a a regular Orange County mom, you know, in my little suit and everything. They never thought that I would be (laughs) undercover.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Uh, I I, I have to share with you, I, I meet every Friday with a writing partner because I finally decided to start writing down some of these events that happened in the 80s, like you say, that are so painful to think about. I just want to hide them and not think about them. Yes. But uh, I have a writing partner, and he's a young millennial, and he's helping me because I will start talking, and he writes, and we create, and then when I'm done or I need a break, we take a break. But he's uh, he's been very helpful in helping me walk through all that, all those memories. I'm so
3: glad that we're getting it We need to put it in writing so that we, lest we forget, just like we say in England, you know, after the First World War, they they said, you know, lest we forget all these people that died. We we need to remember what happened and the courage. I mean, you put down that I was a heroine. I wasn't a heroine. I just did what I had to do. You know, I just felt like it it was it was what my life was destined to be. So, uh, you know, but I'm glad you're writing about it.
0: Yeah, I you know, and and I, I you're so humble to say that, but pro, I gotta say, any mom who steps up to defend her son and your son Jamie was wonderful and fights in the in the battlefield with LGBT people for equality and against the deadly epidemic and starts organizations and creates board of directors and goes up against right wing politicians and is an agent saboteur on top of it. That <laughs> is a heroine to me.
3: <laughs> oh, (laughs) very kind you're
0: very kind (laughs) i'm just very accurate (laughs) i i know your full history back there uh you know what's left for pearl now at 81 What, what what is left for pearl in this lifetime
3: well, this uh, coalition that I've started, I'm, I'm so happy I have the universities involved. I have the health care agency, Planned Parenthood, uh, the, all the HIV groups. We get together, and we, just like Long Beach, they have a plan how we can help cut down on the number of uh, sexually transmitted infections that we're seeing. And, and um, I, I, that's what my next – this is my life now, and uh, – I'm, I'm not under any umbrella. I'm doing it myself. I wanted to make sure that the organization didn't have any strings so that they couldn't say, oh, look, it's the gay community that's causing all this problem, because that's the first thing they would do if I, if, if I was under the umbrella of, of the center. But um, I, I just am so thrilled to think that I have all these people that I've known over the years are coming back and helping to fight this new epidemic all this reoccurring epidemic.
0: I think that's wonderful. And pearls of wisdom from Pearl Jamison Smith. Y'all, no glove, no love. <laughs> Pearl, we're going to have to stop here, but I hope you'll come back again and share with it. I just love hearing your stories and reminiscing. I love hearing it. I hope you'll come back again on the show.
3: I'd love to, John. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's been a pleasure.
0: Thank you, love. We'll be back after this message here on Channel Q. <sighs> Hello, Rod Stewart, for our next guest, Florian Klein, New York City boy, originally from, not Berlin, Germany, though, right? Yes. Yes, and now uh, in Los Angeles for the opening of Shooting Star. Welcome, Florian. Uh, Thanks for having me. So, Shooting Star is a play that was created based on the gay porn industry, yes?
4: Uh, Yes, and it's actually a musical play.
0: And, and I saw a bit of it. You had a reading, and I actually went to the stage reading to see a bit of it. Well, a bit? I thought you saw the whole thing. I did. did I did. Even no, no I, stayed, no, I stayed for the whole thing. Okay. I saw all of it. And it, it's something that you created by yourself or with other writers? Or how was Shooting Star created?
4: Um, well, it's based on my own experiences in the adult film world. So I created all the characters, the circumstances. I wrote the book. Uh, and book is, in musical theater terms, the script. Um, and I can't write any music. And I'm a bad lyricist. A bad a bad lyric writer, so I found an amazing composer when I did my first reading in Berlin in early 2015, Thomas Zaufke, who is from Berlin, Germany, um, and then I found Eric Ransom, a, a New York-based lyricist who wrote all the be- beautiful lyrics for Shooting Star.
0: That's awesome. And it, it, so, does it follow your life story, or just the various things you observed in the porn
4: industry? Um, it's based on my own life story. Young actor comes to Hollywood, wants to become a star at at all and uh, he finds himself in the porn industry and becomes a star in a different universe um, the biggest difference two differences are um, that I wanted to make it a coming of age story so my protagonist is 20 years younger than I am uh, so he's, he's in his early 20s I think now he's more like 25 years <laughs> uh, younger than I am um, and he finds finds love in in the adult film film world I, f- I found a lot of love from, from my family of friends that I found there but I did not find find, I didn't fall in love in the porn industry. Let's mm. say that way.
0: So you came to Los Angeles. You came to Los Angeles yeah. originally. What year was that? You came to Los
4: Angeles. Um, I, I, I came to New York first to study acting. There, I was working in the entertainment industry since the mid '90s in Germany. I was a member of a very unsuccessful boy band um, <laughs> in, in, in Germany. Was, I think we sold 700 CDs back in the days in, in, uh, within Europe, um, and I came to New York to further my acting career in 2002. Finished a program at HB Studio in the Village in, in New York in 2006 came to Hollywood wanted to be uh, the German Brad Pitt and uh, well you have
0: the looks you could uh, pull it you. off you
4: thank you M- maybe I don't have the talent because <laughs> it didn't really work out that well so I was doing a lot of catering I always say the universe got me wrong because I was catering a lot for the stars and not working with the stars <laughs> right um, and then at some point in 2010 um, I met a couple that was dancing at Mickey's and they said hey you, you, you could make some money as a go-go dancer so I started go-go dancing at, at mickey's oh. stefano oh wow um and then uh, got approached to do porn and i was like no i'm an actor i can't do that and at some point i was like oh why not it's uh i i i, I love having sex uh i uh, yeah and there you were why not
0: yeah And what was the character what's your your porn name your screen name Oh, my
4: porn name now? Can I say that on live air? I think you can, yeah. <laughs> Hans Berlin. Hans Berlin. Yes. <laughs> Even though I'm not from Berlin, but Hans Munich wouldn't sound. No, that great. Hans yeah. Munich doesn't have no. the
0: same ring like Hans Berlin.
4: And Hans, by the way, because people always ask me, how did you come up with that name? At some point, I said it was my middle name, but that's completely made up. Um, <laughs> when I started go-go dancing, and uh, and people ask me, so it's so, hey, you're hot. What's your what's your name? And I said uh, Florian. Gloria, it's like no <laughs> Florian. What? So I thought, what's what's the most typical German name? Hans. Hans. I'm from Germany. I have a wife and two children, and My I got Hansel a twenty. and
0: Gretel. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
4: So they knew right away. Very very. Also, powerful. what was going on? Yeah. And yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't have to give you the thirteen dirty words we
4: need to avoid. I'm not going to give. All
0: right. So you entered the porn industry, and then were in it for or.
4: Years. Still in it. Still in. Oh, still yes, in it. Okay. I'm. I'm taking a break at the moment. Um, what was so fascinating for me was I thought, oh, we have to have sex with everyone on the set. We're all on drugs and it's just fun and games. Um, and I had a, a, I think, an, a, a two-hour conversation with Jason Marks, who um, worked at this time for Titan, and uh, he told me, no, it's it's like on a real set. And he gave me uh, the whole spiel and 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 how it works. And then when I shot my first scene uh, for Titan, I was. Uh, I was very surprised that it's really like one of those Hollywood sets that I had experienced before. You go there, you sign your paperwork, you have to work, and and the better and the quicker you work, the 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 quicker you're done, and the chances are very high that that they're going to call you again. Hmm. So only the smart ones survive, as it's also said in the show. Um, and I was I was so. Um, um, uh, how do you say amazed by this world that I had found by all these people and um, I was working with Jesse Aris back then who is a real life porn star and um, and he produced uh, his, his own music he was performing then at Mickey's and other places in a strap and sneakers <laughs> the singing porn star and I think that's that's what sparked the idea to write a porn musical
0: I was just gonna ask you what sparked yeah. the idea even right though
4: you know. I, as I said I had no idea how to write music but, but the idea you know we're gay like we're, we're at some point like in our in my fantasy at least like I always break out into song <laughs> and I think it would it, it was a great idea to, to, to put the porn industry the adult film world into a musical because people think it's only sex and no feelings and musical singing gives you a, a great way to experience and to express feelings and uh, I'm super lucky without words um, uh, with no words I can describe uh, the talent that my composer has because uh, you heard uh, the music, which uh, for the for the presentation that we did was on the piano, um, it's now being orchestrated. Uh, we have a five piece band, and the music is just beautiful. And Eric uh, wrote beautiful lyrics. Um, so yeah, it's a real musical.
0: Wow, and and uh, you you're getting ready to open.
4: Yes, We're, May 25th. Um, world premiere next week, May 25th, which is really crazy to say that. Uh, at the Hudson Theater, that's on uh, Santa Monica, on Hollywood's little uh, theater, theater district. R- DS, theater yes, Yeah, They're Theater like Row. Five theaters side by side. Yes. Yeah. Um, and we have previews on the 23rd and the 24th. Previews um, are usually like, it's, it's like a test audience. Um, on May 25th, you see the complete finished show because during previews, um, the directors, still gives notes after the performances that means the first preview is next thursday so the friday show might look a little different because we might cut some scenes or we might we might uh, we're not add a song I don't, I don't think we have the time for that mm. but um may 25th world premiere that's when the show is locked in and that's the way that it's going to look like for the next six weeks because we're running until june 30th
0: Oh, that's amazing mm-hmm.
4: what's the cast like you got, a Hot. Hand, okay. you got a handful of actors yeah we got 10 We got ten actors it's 7 principals and 3 ensemble members um, and we have one woman in there because uh, I think I just told you the story that one character is based on Mr. Pam, she's a real life porn director but also a social media celebrity um, why it's Mr. Pam in the show her name is Mr. Sue why that is, you will hear in the show
0: yeah, well, actually, you didn't tell the audience. So you just told me during the break. It was Chuck Holmes,
4: right? But, was the founder. But of- you have to go to see the show. Oh, yeah. That's oh, what I'm saying. Because it it. Yeah, it's, oh, it's explained in it's explained in the show. I almost did a reveal. I'm very, I'm very <laughs> sorry. I won't, I won't do the reveal. Because when then. we did the casting, a second day, uh, my, my casting director Michael Donovan, who cast for the Hollywood Bowl, for the Pasadena playoffs for the Geffen, uh, in the casting notice, as he said, "Mister Sue, yes, it is a real woman, <laughs> because it is a little bit difficult to bring a real woman." Into a musical about about gay porn, but you need a woman we all love our divas, um, and uh, so I, I I found Mr. Pam. I'd never shot with Mr. Pam, but she's like such a such a celebrity within the within the gay porn world that I said, you know, I would like to create a character based based on you, and she she helped me a little bit when I said, you know. This and this is happening. Um, how would you react to it? Uh, like this and this is happening in the show. How you would would you react to it? How would you say it? Um, so she helped me a little bit. Um, and other characters and other uh, 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 scenes and things that are happening in the show, of course, are purely fictional. And every uh, every how do they always say every um, similarity is it's completely to be
0: denied, completely coincidental, yes. completely coincidental. <laughs> I love it. Um, your actors are gay and straight. I assume some are straight and they're just playing. Yes, gay. Yes,
4: uh, I think we're not really allowed to ask them. You technically are not. <laughs> you are not allowed to ask. Uh, yeah. But we have, uh, I mean of course, of, at first there was like the hotness fi- factor because they have to portray gay porn stars. Um, and then of course the talent is super important as, uh, as well and we found an amazing amazing cast. And uh, my director, Michael Bello, who is just assistant director at uh, Donna's, the Donna Summer Musical um, in La Jolla and then on 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 Broadway. And uh, he said he pointed something out which I didn't actually know before or realize before. He said it's a it's a show um that is not about being gay. Nobody has uh, a coming out and it's not about AIDS. It's 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 about love and it's about um human connections, something that everybody can relate to um, even if you don't work in the porn industry and even if you're not even gay.
0: I love that. We need to go take a quick commercial break. We're talking to Florian Klein, a.k.a. Hans Berlin, here in studio. Thank you for tuning in to Sidebar with John Duran on Channel Q.
1: After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough lady. You are a fighter. Modelo is your reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port Chicago, Illinois.
0: they shooting star by Earth, Wind & Fire. You probably have never even heard that song, have you, Florian?
4: I'm not that much younger than you are.
0: <laughs> As Earth, Wind & Fire, shining star, actually, but they talk about a shooting star, so we picked that song for you. So you were talking about... Um, this uh, play, musical. Uh, somewhat musical. I'm sorry, uh, being somewhat connected to your life, but you are living a real life. And what about the dating world for Florian Klein? I mean, people reluctant to date somebody in the porn industry—is
4: it not an issue? Does it come up? It. I think I, in general, I have an issue with dating. I don't. I don't know. I'm. I'm. Um, it's. It's. It's hard because I wrote a love story set in the world of gay porn. Right. Um. But I also believe that for some people, like, the big love does not happen. And uh, I had relationships before, and my dating life sucked before porn, and it, and it sucked during porn. Um, but I know friends of mine, that, the co-workers that date within the industry, date outside the industry. So I guess it's just me, or as I said, it's just not happening for me. Yet. Yes, yes, yes. I kind of given up on it. Like I'm I'm married to my show now, like that keeps me very, very busy. Oh,
0: you are asking the universe to sing you.
4: When you put something like <laughs> that out so.
0: there, you're just asking the universe to throw a lightning bolt into your life. Somebody who's gonna come along and rock your world and well, make I'd, you crazy.
4: I love <laughs> that. But um the whole dating thing, because of course like that's I get that question all the time, how's dating in the porn world? But that's also part of uh, part of shooting star. And that and that's I think the the the, 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 the the recipe for success for the show is that that you learn about the secrets uh, uh, of the porn world, um, and we're focusing not on sex. We're focusing on the performers, on their live streams and hopes, and above all else, love. Um, my director and uh, Michael Bello and Jim Cooney, my choreographer, they actually came up with um, with uh, very interesting. Uh, or let's say this way, we don't have any real sex or any fake sex, but we have some very hot choreographed scenes mm-hmm. and yes, there is some nudity some tasteful nudity in it, because as I said, you just saw the reading where people like staged reading where people were standing behind the, the music stands, now it's actually when I come to the rehearsals, it's people dancing singing, um, we have I think 90 costumes in it, even even though there is some nudity that takes place in the porn world, but people have to be dressed as well, Yeah. so it is, uh, I realized I did not write a small show yeah that's awesome yeah I say like my tagline is we're gonna be the biggest little show in LA because hmm. of course we can't compare uh, or compete with the with the Pentaches or with the with the Geffen or with the Amund, Amundsen the
0: falsettos at the Amundsen
4: yeah. yes no yeah. I mean like, we can't compete with them in, in, in size and budget but we're giving you a Broadway Broadway styled show in a 99 a seat theater because that's what the Hudson Theater on Santa Monica is uh, but we're giving you a really big little show in a little theater
0: you're an hiv aids activist too you equals you You just slapped my face yeah (laughs) no no i'm just just bringing out a little bit more about florian Klein. yes i mean we're talking about your show too but i want to talk about you you're an hiv and aids activist yeah what did that come from
4: um, that came from, um, I think I have to say it's because of Michael Liberatore, who was my therapist here at the uh, at the Gay and Lesbian Center, um, and or now called LGBT Center. Uh, unfortunately, he passed away a few years ago uh, because of cancer, and uh, and he helped me to be very open about my own HIV status. I contracted the virus in two thousand and one. Uh, one of the reasons why I live my life the way that I'm living it is because I was never sick, but uh, an HIV. Positive uh, a, res- uh, a test result uh, it confronts you with your own mortality, and that's why I, why I said to myself I want to live my positive life, really really positive. Follow my dreams, and if I have a crazy idea to write a musical and set in the world of gay porn, do it. If I want to go to Hollywood, uh, do it. So. I was still... I was very reluctant in t- talking about it. And uh, it was also... I mean, in 2001, nobody was dying of it any anymore. Um, at least in our part of the world if they had access to medication. But it was still one of the things you did not openly talk about it. And Michael helped me... Michael Liberatore helped me to talk open about it. Um, and I realized... I Actually, in 2014, after 13 years of being positive, I told my parents because it took me so so long to be open to them. And then, and then they actually reacted really really well because I also told them in 2014 I had started porn in 2012 and in 2014 I also told them and I'm also a very successful adult film performer and they they were okay with it I'm super blessed with my parents that they love me the way that I am always a very emotional part in my life when I have to talk about when I talk about this Um, but um, that weekend when I when I talked to my parents I also put it on Facebook um, on my private Facebook and I said um, you know I'm I'm done hiding. When people have cancer, they talk about it and they have a support system. Not that I want to compare it being HIV positive with cancer, but it's one of the things you cannot openly talk about it. And I put it up on Facebook and I got a lot of private messages from friends of mine that were also positive and 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 support from my from my facebook friends um and many of them are also my, my my real friends but didn't know that i was that i was positive and one guy said just by speaking the truth you help other people and i think that sparked another idea that i wanted to that i wanted to use uh the voice that hans berlin my porn persona is giving me and use it to talk about hiv and it took me until 2015 that um at no 2017 Ähm... Um. I won a Grabby, which is a porn award handed out by Grab Magazine in Chicago, and uh, I had just met Bruce Richmond, who started the U equals U campaign, undetectable equals untransmittable. You're gonna explain that, what that, what that means later. Um, no, you, you can explain it. <laughs> well, I just want to finish that story real oh, okay. quick. So I had just met him, and I wanted to support the U equals U campaign. So in my acceptance speech, um, I, I, I talked about it, and I said, um, for me as a, as a positive performer, um, and, and I talked about some issues that positive performers have in the in the gay porn world and uh, I basically then came came out um, to to the gay porn industry and what was surprising I did not get any hate uh, emails or or Twitter uh, feeds or, or anything like that um, they all said like it was an, it was a great speech It was great that we addressed it and we talked about prep and you you uh, equals you um, so it's it has definitely changed because you equals you undetectable U equals untransmittable someone like me who is unsuccessful ther- therapy therapy, who, whose uh, viral load is, is so very little that you cannot detect the virus anymore. And where there's no virus, there's no transmission of right. the virus. Right. So U equals U, undetectable equals untransmittable. Definitely helped someone like me who is positive and, as I said, who's always had a problem Talking about it because like you meet someone on grind. I mean, you meet someone in the real world, or you meet someone on grinder on Scruff, and at some point, it's 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 that okay when you when you talk to them about it. And now I can I can openly say it's actually on on my grinder status and it is on my my, my Scruff status. So uh, we're also Shooting Stars, also supporting uh, U equals you because that's a message that I, that I want to get out there.
0: So we have less than a minute left. People want to check out Shooting Star. Tell us about your website.
4: Uh, you can go to www.onstage411.com slash star Um, or you can call uh, the number the Hudson number I always just put in like I go to Google and I just put in the Hudson shooting star um, Los Angeles and then you get you go to our ticket website and you can buy some tickets and if you're successful in LA where do you go next Uh, New York uh, it's not it's as I said a gay well it's a love story set in the world of gay porn I don't want to call it a gay love story even though it's two men that fall in love but I don't think Broadway is ready for that yet so off-Broadway it's the mid-sized theaters Hedwig and the Angry Inch took 20 years to go to Broadway was very, very successful off-Broadway so that's the next step by the way our tickets are super cheap compared to, to to New York our cheapest tickets all the way in the back $20 middle rows $30 and if you want to be live there where the action is happening $40 for the first two rows and that is nothing compared to all the big players here oh that's here.
0: very 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 true we're talking to Florian Klein. From Florian, thank you for coming on the show. You're going to bring your cast in a couple of weeks, right? Yes. you have our, your cast here in studio. We'll yes. get to hear about your grand opening. So, yeah, uh,
4: I'm super excited and super nervous.
0: <laughs> you're going to be great. All right, gang, quick commercial break. Thank you for tuning in to Sidebar with John Duran here on Channel Q.
4: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do
0: people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Hey, gang. Well, it's a wrap of another fantastic day here on Sidebar. What an incredible uh, group of guests. Uh, You know, Jeff Kois from the Palm Springs City Council talking about the early days in the fight for marriage equality and uh, his work on that. And then my heroine, Pearl Jamison Smith, uh, Grandma octogenarian, was there from the very beginning, and uh, now serves on the board of the Orange County LGBT Center, but started so many Orange County organizations, and she is fearless and fierce, and I'm glad she's on our team. Uh, I love our straight allies who are on our team, who come to our defense and help us along this journey. And then uh, finally, Florian Klein, opening his new show uh, out of the uh, struggling actor into the porn industry. Out of the porn industry, It sounds like he's got one foot left back in. But uh, now doing a musical production, what a a varied group of guests. And I just got to give you a preview of who's coming on next week, because believe it or not, we actually set these shows up long in advance. But next week, I'm very excited. I'm going to have my old friend Cleve Jones from San Francisco on the show. Uh, Cleve, of course, being the assistant to Harvey Milk uh, at San Francisco City Hall and being there the day Harvey was shot went on to uh, create the names AIDS Quilt, and uh, of course, he's been featured in film and television shows, uh, and just an old pal of mine. I love Cleve, it'll be great to uh, talk to Cleve. And we're also having Reverend Denise Bairns on. Uh, She's from the Methodist Church, and she's gonna talk about the current schism that's going on in the Methodist Church here in the United States, where we have the Methodist Church breaking in half over LGBT issues and what a painful thing that is. And then finally, uh, Vanessa Romaine, uh, who co-founded Long Beach Pride um, and co-founded CAPI, which is the national organization, or international organization on Pride events. Um, she is going to come on and we're bringing the current president of Christopher Street West here in Los Angeles, Madonna Cacciatori. It'll be an intergenerational moment, Vanessa being uh, uh, one of the original founders of all the Pride Festival is African American lesbian along with Madonna Cacciatore who's been around for a long time too but currently running the current largest Pride Festival in the country and so it'll be great to have the two of them on as guests so look forward to having all three of those women and Cleve Jones on uh, next week here on the sidebar and look forward to the conversation in the meantime let's all just pray that uh, Donald Trump doesn't accidentally blow up the world and uh, that our national legislators start to deal with climate change so it doesn't and meltdown at the same time it seems sometimes there's so much chaos going on in the world that i find respite here on the the channel uh Q and the sidebar to kind of get away from all the unfortunate reality that's occurring but one thing i've learned as an lgbt activist is there's always hope and there's always change and there's always something for us all to be a part of so whether you're listening today in Topeka or the Panhandle of Florida or wherever you're listening to us, either on an FM radio station or HD2 or on Radio.com, thank you for joining us here on the Sidebar with John Duran. And I hope you'll join us next Friday as we talk to another group of guests who are movers and shakers and creating this wonderful LGBT community here in our country. Until then, have a great weekend, and we'll see you all next week here on Sidebar with John Duran. On Channel Q.